Scandal Sheet listeners. The following episode was recorded on the evening of Sunday, February 27th. The owners and players of Major League Baseball were still deep in negotiation on a new collective bargaining agreement, which is a fancy name for a union contract. The previous five-year contract expired on December 1st, 2021. As there was no new agreement with the Players Association, the owners imposed a lockout. Now, what that means is that all baseball parks, facilities, gyms, etc. could not be accessed by any player. Thus, spring training, a traditional and necessary and intensive six-week boot camp to get all players ready for the coming, grueling six-month season, was scheduled to begin for all teams in either Florida or Arizona on February 15th. However, that day came and went, and all facilities were and are still locked out. Since this original recording, a little more than two days ago, our worst fears have been realized, and MLB just announced that no agreement has been reached. It is March 2022. After a historic 90-day lockout and months of negotiations, the Major League Baseball owners and their players are stalled in discussions of a new contract. All right, all right. You guys want to shut up already? Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manfred addresses 30 MLB team owners. Okay, look, we've been at this with the Players Association since December. Anyone have any great ideas to move things forward? All I know is that if the season doesn't start on March 31, as scheduled, I will lose millions of dollars a week. Since the last collective bargaining agreement in 2016, our league revenues have increased by over 30%. At the same time, relative player salaries have been flat or decreased. Don't we have room to be a little more generous and get this agreement done? Look guys, you want these greedy millionaire players to cut into your business? Who takes the billion dollar financial risks every year? You do. Why did you hire me if not to play hardball with these guys? Look, everyone appreciates your efforts, Rob. We just want a full season this year. We all remember the disastrous 60-day season in 2020. We all lost many millions. We don't want to repeat that in 2022. Am I right? Uh, sorry to interrupt, everyone. But hey, Rob, for many years, you've been a 6'2 middle-aged dude. Now you look like a 5'4 20-something girl. What's up with that? Anyone else notice that? Okay, look... I should have told you. Since the lockout started, my family and I have received death threats. So this is my clever disguise. Now, can we get back to the deal? David, from the Mets mob, is pushing a cart of juice, coffee, and bagels toward the conference room where the MLB owners are meeting. He has a hidden earplug. Hey David, how are we doing? Leonardo, this is the last time I let you talk me into one of your stupid schemes. Stop being such a sissy. Um, I'm a sissy? Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible wouldn't even take this job. Look, we can argue later. You remember what to do, right? Yeah, 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 I remember. Uh Uh-oh, possible issue. There's a guard in front of the door. Okay, just stay calm. Well, that's easy for you to say sitting in your apartment, isn't it? Wait a minute, hotel guy. 
Where do you think you're going? Um, supposed to deliver these breakfast offerings to the conference room. Here's the order. Hmm. This appears to be an order, but I'm still going to have to frisk you. Frisk me? I'm a waiter. Easy, officer. I'm already married. All right, you're clean. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Okay, are you in? Yes. All right, release the gas and don't forget to put your mask on. Doing it. Don't worry, David. No one's getting hurt. They'll just get a nice little <laughs> Suddenly the door is kicked open. It is a guard from outside. I had a feeling you were suspicious, hotel guy. Fortunately, David has a black belt in the martial arts. Uh, the bagel guy. How the hell? Uh. You okay, David? Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. Now bring Manfred down. See how easy that was, David? Screw Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. Are you getting that? No. Honey. Okay, okay. What? It's M. We need you. Who? M, you idiot. Your boss. Are you drunk again? I'm not drunk, but guess what? I do occasionally sleep. Not in my agency, you don't. I need your help, Bond. Now. Is it the Russians again? Worse, the Americans. And by the way, your British accent is pathetic. So's yours. But the Americans? Who even cares about those guys anymore? Amazingly, we still do, as they continue to buy our chocolate and tea. And this is a personal request from their president. I forget her name. Get on a plane immediately. You'll be briefed en route. Okay. Fine. Is this some new virus? Nuclear or cyber thing? No. Worse than that. It's baseball. True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Helsley, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Ellie. How are you, Ellie? I'm good. Hello, hello. Ellie, today I have a very special treat for both you and our listeners. We are joined by three baseball experts who have always been frequent guests to this and other podcasts. So, we are pleased to welcome back our very favorite New Yorkers, the Mets mob. They are David Grover. What's up, everybody? Happy to be back. Very excited. And we also have Rob from the East Side, like David. Rob, Upper East Side. Happy to be here. And a very famous podcaster himself, the incomparable Len from Manhattan. Leonardo from Manhattan. Leonardo. Hey, happy to be back on the spring training edition of the Scandal Sheet. And just because we're not playing baseball in spring, a lot of people are riding motorcycles in spring. Which brings me to, for all you (laughs) motorcycle riders, check out the Arrival Live podcast for motorcycle safety tips and strategies. ArrivalLivePodcast.com. 
What about the non-motorcycle riders? What do we listen to? What should we go towards? Uh, whatever you want. Your 90s playlist uh, from your prom. Who knows? Okay. Let's move Thank, you, Dad. Thank you. 80s, actually. Dave, you're 0 for 1 right now. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, for the, for the, for the fact-checkers out there and or the folks from Guinness, uh, not, not the beer, uh, but the book, book of records, I think that breaks Leonardo's record for there you instantaneous. That's because I'm on the juice. I'm doing roids. Let's do it. I believe it is. So, gentlemen, I want to formally introduce to you my co-host. I believe this is the first time you've had the chance to appear with her. She she's a commercial airline pilot from the yes. great state of Alaska, and her name is Ellie. Welcome, welcome. Welcome Thank aboard, you. Ellie. Our seatbelts are fastened. <laughs> I've always been. Uh, like desperate to be associated with a mob. So this is my first chance to do that. Thanks for letting me in. I appreciate it. You, you see that in, now. Uh, Will you be saying that in an hour from now? In, uh, in today's environment, yeah. And, and in today's environment, maybe a kind of a tricky statement to make, but that's okay. <laughs> Welcome aboard. All right. Well, guys, we are, guys and girls, we are here to talk about baseball. But real quick, I want to take this opportunity to take your temperature on what I'm calling bullseye anxiety. Verilins will meet again appears courtesy Michael Ross Limited, 1939. It is most remembered in our time as playing under the last scene of the 1964 black comedy film, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. The last scene visually depicts thermonuclear destruction across planet Earth as the song plays. The movie was a financial blockbuster success. So. We're not talking about politics, but as you know, the threat of a nuclear first strike has been raised and our two great cities, New York City and Washington, D.C., are at the top of everybody's target list. Now, it doesn't matter who's shooting at us, but the fact that now it seems people are starting to worry about, um, what do you think? Is there any anxiety there in the Big Apple? No, but do you know something? I was traveling this week outside of New York. And, I, and as this thing was escalating, I was feeling just a little more comfortable knowing that I was away from New York, except for the brief time I was in D.C. I feel like when you live in New York, you live in D.C., you live in L.A., a little more risky than it may be elsewhere. So the answer is no, I don't think so. Although a few minutes ago I was on the street and there was a Ukrainian anti-war protest coming down 2nd Avenue. So you feel a little more like you're kind of in the action when you're here. I'm sure you feel the same way in D.C. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> because we're definitely I'm definitely in the blast radius. So <laughs> I, I think we they would be the first person to shoot at. And you guys may be number two. But uh, yeah, so a little nervous, a little nervous. So basically, if things go horribly wrong, this will be the Ellie podcast hosted although, by and starring Although <laughs> you all have the advantage of the, all those nuclear drills from your childhood, right? Go under your desk, put the book over your neck, right? Or yes. your head. And now my generation and below, we have no idea what to do. I mean, we're going to be out there Instagramming it for all we know. So I, this could easily take out the 30 and under crowd, I think. You never know. Ellie, I guess that Ellie, I guess I, I have to ask you just how old do you think we are? <laughs> oh, older than me. <laughs> hey, I, I'm sorry. Am I in the right podcast? I thought I was in the uh, baseball podcast. This, is this room two? Here we 202? go again. Here we go again. Am I in the right Here's podcast? Ellie, Ellie, Ellie is not so far well, off because yes, we are a little young for that 
typical hide under the desk thing. However, I am old enough to remember being like in first grade and actually having to do that. They had air air raid sirens, and you'd actually go onto your desk for a few minutes. So she's not that far off, actually. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. Maybe I'll be the only one dead. Yeah. Or or you know what? Or to tie it in for you, Leonardo, uh, this might be the last podcast ever about baseball. So for the historians, uh, a thousand years from now, they'll they'll know exactly what was going on. Well, we still got the Ioannis Cespedes tribute podcast in July. Is that still accurate? Because I have that on my calendar. Uh, TBD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> move okay. right along. Well, let's move on to our favorite topic, baseball. I wanted to read yeah. a quick excerpt from something I sent you guys earlier today. It was posted this morning um, by the Bleacher Report. Now, they acknowledge that John Heyman of the MLB Network um, – Uh, said yesterday that the two sides were within striking distance. However, everybody else uh, is contradicting him. Uh, T.C. Zeneca of MLB Trade Rumors countered Hyman's report saying a deal is still not close. Our friend Bob Nightingale of USA Today said it would take a miracle for a deal to come together by Monday. So, um, and the reason Monday's important is because the owners have set that date as the last possible day uh, that they could have to make a deal and, and not miss any games this season. So, I don't know. There's a lot of mixed messages out there. What do you folks think? Will a deal be cut by Monday? And, and Ellie, Usually I start with, I usually go around the table, like I go David, Rob, and Len gets the last word, but maybe we'll put you first and then roll around that way. So what do you think? I don't see a deal being cut by the end of the day Monday. I just think both parties are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum as far as what they want. And I don't see them meeting in the middle um, by the within the next twenty four hours, really, I, I don't see that happening. David, what about you? Well, you know, I agree with Ellie that yeah, I don't think this happening within twenty four hours, but I do disagree on one thing. I don't think they're that far apart. If you look, there's about seven or eight different issues, and it's right, all right. just really a few bucks here and there. It's not a tremendous, tremendous divide. So, no, I don't think it will happen by tomorrow because I think in everyone in the back of everyone's head, they're saying, yeah, Monday's a deadline, but is it really a deadline? Could it be Wednesday? Could it be Thursday? Maybe they have to you know, to postpone the first week of the season. So I'm not so sure that deadline is a really hard deadline. Uh, Rob? So if I'm understanding correctly, is there some sort of lockout going on or some kind of strike? <laughs> Yeah, there's been one going on for about 90 days. It started. Is that at the, right? Yeah, the expiration Jeez. of the last uh, collective bargaining agreement. I think it was December 2nd. So it's, Whoa. yeah, it's been going on for a long, and it's the longest work stoppage since 1994. And as we remember, that was kind of disastrous for um, the league and for game attendance and revenues. And it took, after it was finally resolved, it took years for attendance and TV ratings to come back to where it was in previous levels because that was another part of the question I was going to ask you guys what is if they can't figure this out what's it going to do to the game well to to actually honestly answer the question this is phenomenally stupid not the question (laughs) not the question 
But what is going on? Because to, to everybody's point, the last strike in 95 literally almost killed the game. And at that point, I think we can all agree it was, and there's no, obviously there's no math percentage to this. Although I guess maybe you could figure one out. It was three times more popular than it is right now. It was, it was, it was definitely, I know that D. Grove would make the argument that it's all about the TV revenues and they're up higher than ever. But I'm just talking about the kids and how much they talk about the game and the engagement. And that almost killed it at that point. It took the, the, the unplanned miracle, dare I say, of the home run race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire uh, that captivated the baseball world to actually save it again in 1996. You're right. Um, That's a very good point. That did, that did bring people back. Yeah. It's almost so like I it was engineered. <laughs> yeah. No, that's absolutely right. It, it organically came to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so can you get something miraculous like that again? I don't think so in an already diminished market. Um, so I think they're playing a very dangerous game with, with a bait, with a fan base who the, the diehards like us, you know, we're, we're there thick and thin. But if you get the kid or, or the, the folks who are kind of like, yeah, I like baseball, I'll go to a game, you might lose them and never get them back. I, I think there is something, actually, and as much as I hate it, it might be what you're referring to to save the game. And it's horrible, but they want to make the playoff system a lot like the NBA and have everybody make the playoffs. And as much as I hate that idea, it might be something that saves them if baseball goes in the dumpster, because now every team will be in it till the end of the, pretty much till the end of the year. So literally everybody gets a trophy. Pretty much, yeah. Just yeah. like the Pinewood Derby and Cub Scouts. Yeah. Millennials will love it. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. the problem. That's what I hate about we, it. Yeah, we sure would. Okay, Leonardo, come on. You, you've got to have opinions. I can just see them bubbling out of you. Bring it home, Leonardo. Bring it Arrive alive. Yeah, no, there, there's a few. You know, I think the players are not as strong as they used to be. They're claiming salary stagnation. Now, you know, I think of our generation, I know we, all of us come from very strong families, whether it's Jewish, Italian, or and who the heck knows what that is. But Polish. Uh, you know, my parents always said, never cared what anybody else did, what the other kids did. And the players are saying salaries have stagnated. But how many 300 batters do we have? The home runs are down. Averages are down. Uh, salaries for pitchers are certainly not stagnated, and they barely go six innings. So I don't want to hear salaries have stagnated on the players. They were way overpaid for many years, and most of them are way overpaid. Scherzer, $43 million a year. That is ridiculous, right? So I don't think the players have much of a leg to stand on. And let's not forget the Pittsburgh Pirates and all the other smaller markets team. These are the real teams that have the biggest to lose, right? Because they can't spend this money, yet they have to try to make the playoffs for their fans. And yes, Rob, you know, hopefully, I, I wouldn't mind an expanded playoff. And, you know, we do have the universal DH now that's going to happen. But um, I think, you know, as an owner, with the exception of the top eight, 10 markets, the owners are not making a ton of money. It's a lot of money to pay these guys and, right. all, and all that stuff. So I'm not sure if we're going to get a, a, an agreement by tomorrow or the next day. And, if I was an owner, I'd say, you know what? Screw you, players. You guys are doing pretty good. We develop you. We we draft you. We put, you know, yeah, single A, double A, triple A is no, you know, walk in the park. But, you know, still better than the job that most 22-year-olds have. So uh, I side with the owners, and I hope, and Maffred is a vicious negotiator. So I, I don't think the play the players, you know, they, they better get in line and just be happy with what they got. 
Can, can I, tell you, I, I, I did side with the owners until your diatribe just now. I may change sides now after that. <laughs> COVID's over, by the way. I hope when you were outside, you were not wearing a mask, Dave. Please tell me you were not wearing a freaking mask. Dave, please tell me you were not wearing a freaking mask outside. You know something? So many. COVID's over, Dave. Talk to the governor. Okay. Minor leaguers. Minor leaguers. Do you know what they're twenty years old, Dave? Do you, do you know what they? They're twenty years old. They make they make less than minimum wage, Leonardo. They make nothing. Poverty level. It's horrific. So don't bring up minor leaguers. Oh, they have it. So but nobody's forcing them to do it. They do it for a year or two. It's like an internship, Dave. And if they're good enough, they go on. It's horrible. Don't ever bring up minor leaguers as a real. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's horrific with their life over there they do because they hope to make it first of all most of them go to college now anyway you know i don't know what percent of people are playing right after the high school these days but most of them are going to college on a full ride hello COVID's over can i jump in with a quick question oh please do i just you know i just wanted to see you know if ellie was like this is the way things pretty much go ellie this isn't like unusual day or something i like it (laughs) it's usually a giant cat fight so there we go go ahead rob here's what i'm wondering as we talk about progression i'm wondering if leonardo's parents who listen in or others have gotten to him and he's no longer using profanity because i was very proud of him for saying screw that when I think way at the beginning, he would have dropped that bombs. No, I was I the one. Yeah, I was the one good. you guys were criticizing. Len's mom was not going to forgive right. me, and I was not oh. going to get my Christmas bouillabaisse. base. Gotcha. So, <laughs> Stacy's mom got it going on. <laughs> okay, now look. I one of the big. I, I wanted to have Dave weigh in on this for us, David. Um, according to like all these reports I'm reading, they're saying like. Of, like you mentioned, there's a bunch of issues, but like the biggest sticking point, according to all these reporters, is the luxury tax threshold, which the players want to be very, 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 very high, mm-hmm. and the owners want to only increase incrementally by a couple of billion, a million dollars a year. So for since our audience is not all baseball fans, this is Scandal Sheet now, can you explain to us, David, what is a luxury tax threshold, and why is it important? Yeah. Well, baseball is really the only major sport that doesn't have a salary cap, right? So they have something that they don't call a salary cap, but it almost is. It's a where teams, if they spend over a certain amount of money, I think last year was $215 million on their payroll, they pay a luxury tax, a percentage of anything above that number. They pay a tax on that. So... It also depends how many years you're over the threshold. So maybe the first year you pay 20% on anything above 215. Then maybe the year after that's 30%. After that's 50%. So it's it's not a hard salary cap, but it kind of is. It makes teams spend a little less money. And if you notice, once teams get over the cap, they try to get under it. They're kind of because if you think about it, if you're over the cap and you're about to pay a player 20 million dollars a year. Well, that could be $30 million a year if you count the tax. So that's really the issue. And it's been discussed to potentially have a salary a salary floor, right? So that was... Are you for a floor, David? Are you a for, for a floor? Me too. I am. Wow. Okay, I am. Me too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's, you know, we're getting down a whole road there because that's not really going to happen unless there's expanded revenue sharing and the owners will never, 
ever agree to that unless the luxury tax number is is uh, lower. So it's sort of a catch-22. This, this is why I was asking, because I, I looked up, you know, the base salary um, of you know, what most players get because not every, the majority don't get to free agency, right? So the agreement that just expired was $563,000 a year, which is not chump change, obviously, but, um, and, and, and in the new agreement, they're asking to bump that up to like 600,000 or something like that. But for the majority of players, I mean, come on, that doesn't even put a dent in any threshold, whether it's 215 or, you know, 275 or 300 million or whatever. So, you know, what, 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 seemed to me was like, okay, within the players association, it seems like there's, you know, there's a disparity of of things here. And the other irony is that, you know, guess who's negotiating on behalf of the players? He's your pitcher, the highest paid baseball player in history. Max Scherzer is leading the negotiating team. And he makes, as Lynn said earlier, $43.5 million a year. He wants that tax to be through the roof, right? Now, he's not representing the regular players, though. I mean, the guy right next to him in the locker room making 563000 bucks is like, hey, man, this is where's the Lenny Ledbetter law? Where's the pay equity? Wait, he wants the tax to be through the roof? Or I'm the, sorry, no, uh, no, the threshold, the threshold. Forgive me, yes. The threshold uh, okay. is high. Because I was just looking at the... Uh... I just sorry to interrupt. So the Baltimore Orioles last year, their total forty-man roster payroll payroll was forty-two million. The Los Angeles Dodgers was two hundred and seventy-one million dollars. And Rob, I think one of his favorite books, he told me, uh, after is uh, the greatest, the worst team money could buy, which was about the what year uh, New York Mets? Rob, do you remember that one? Nineteen eighty-six. Right, they had the highest no, payroll. No, actually, and I'm the sorry, 1992. 1992, right, Right. No, he said 96 first. Uh, yeah, so they, they had a high payroll and, like, among the, the bottom of the barrel in, yeah. in so, um, but, you know, the fact that the Orioles are, you know, I mean, $42 million total, like, there should be some type of floor. Now, you did get up to one, uh, let's see, Marlins, $58 million, so... Uh, but yeah, there's got to be some equity here. No, Leonardo, with with that information, by the way, real quick, how much yeah. did the Mets mob get paid last year? I I, I think that's. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to ask my accountant. It's such a it's such a huge number. There's a Brinks. What guys? Why don't we do there... a lockout? What, we, we can... <laughs> there's a Brinks truck idling outside of my house right now. Kelly, what's your favorite team? Like, why are you on a podcast about baseball? Are you a Atlanta Braves fan? Like, who's your favorite player of all time? You know, I grew up just as like a, uh, uh, I would say a, a light fan of the Chicago Cubs because my parents were Chicago okay. Cubs fans. Um, so that was pretty exciting, you know, back in 2016. Um, and then I haven't really, I mean, I, I like to go to baseball games. I don't have okay. the time to follow a specific team. Um, I, when I lived in Houston, I went to a lot of Astros games when I went to, okay. or when I lived in Colorado, I went to a lot of Rockies games and we actually have a small little baseball league up in Alaska, um, that plays uh, series in the summer. So, um, I'm, I'm a light baseball fan. Now I'm sure you get this question all the time. 
whenever you fly into LaGuardia in the Metro playing, do you kind of look out the window to see like who's at bat and if you could see the scoreboard? That's a trick question because I try to never fly into LaGuardia. Oh, why is that? <laughs> it's too far east. If I'm on the east side of the Mississippi, I'm too far. Oh, okay. She goes to Arizona a lot, I understand, right? Arizona, Washington. If you're a pilot, you should, be, you should not be watching the ball game. You should be watching where you're going, right? I mean, <laughs> that, it wasn't yeah, a question. All, it's all. It's all. <laughs> I guess that it's, was. It's all yeah. computers now. Do you even have to do anything? I mean, can you be like, you know, having a cup of coffee while the plane's landing? Yeah. No, that's that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a cup of coffee. Come on, yeah, yeah. they're making margaritas in there. They're smoking doobies. <laughs> Yeah, but Decrove, you were right. That when, when she started to say, well, that's a trick question, I thought she was going to say, well, I'm flying the plane. I'm not watching games. And she was like, well, I'm really <laughs> flying to LaGuardia. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> have you ever met Scully? No, I have not. Um, but I, I, well, okay. I've, I've seen him talk in person, but I've never met him face to face. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I, I think the one interesting thing with baseball players, you know, just hearing you talk about some of the really high highly paid players. I mean, I, you know, see it from a, a very young age. A lot of these people who are trying to just get into baseball. I mean, I know people who have private coaches for their 11 and 12 year old sons in these little oh, yeah. league, um, you know, in these little league teams and they travel all the time. Right. I mean, you're, the parents are putting, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into their kids development sure. every single year all the way up through high school. And if you do get that full ride into college, you're not focusing on your college by any means. You know, you're probably just getting some degree in underwater basket weaving. Well, no athlete that's getting a full ride. But maybe the baseball players, of all of them, maybe they do, I would say, of all the athletes because the chances of them playing, you know, pro ball are probably the most minuscule. But that brings yeah. me to a point. Sorry for hijacking, no pun intended, yeah. this podcast. No worries. Uh, that. But you're in a union, Ellie, correct? I am. So you may see this from a different, you know, now in most unions, everybody gets paid more or less the same, like the New York City cops, the police unit, right? Like sergeants, you know, pay, get paid, you know, in a similar range, depending on years of service and what precinct and if you did certain things, you know, honor, bravery. But the baseball unit is so unique in the sense that how many pitchers are making $43 million? Thank you very much, Len. That's and exactly that's why, what I was trying to get yeah, to. I mean, so, Jack Reed would roll in his grave. It's not really a union. <laughs> it's it's a fiefdom, I think. Yes, and I do see the irony in negotiations being led by the highest paid player in baseball. Right. However, I think you need to focus on the majority of the players and how many of the total players within the MLB are pitchers making over $40 million a year. It's a tiny number, right? I, I, I read 70% of the MLB players that played at least 10 games last year did not make uh, anywhere near right, a million exactly. dollars. And, and they have, they're the ones with the least amount of voice. I was even thinking of this. What if like the top 10% of players took 5% of their salary and the league matched that, right? So 5% of $43 million is what, like two point something million? And another, and then you put that in a pool to give to the players on the bottom to split Exactly, Some, something like that. That. Yeah. that exists. Well, there is a, re a rev share, but, I mean, it's very complicated, right? But it's with, it's all, with all the players. The, okay. Like, if you're in the top 30%, you don't get that, right. right? Screw you. You're making $12 million a year, but let the, the younger guys get it. Do you know the NHL, which is nothing 
compared to Major League Baseball, has a higher minimum salary than baseball. They actually have Pretty a seven, the NHL hockey. They have a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar minimum. That salary. is a much higher. Oh, per player, right? Per player. Per player, wow. yeah. So baseball wow. should have a higher minimum. Yeah. My again, the league should make a lot more money. And yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I, and we should have some kind of cap. What what's the highest uh, hockey player making a year? Uh, would you say NHL salaries? There's a few. You know something? There are guys who make money. I'm not sure exactly, but there are guys who make. I don't, they don't make forty three million dollars a year or anything like that. But I think there are players who make fifteen twenty. I have to look. The number one is Austin Matthews. He's making fifteen point nine. Never even heard of him. We've got Ovechkin, and he's gonna break um, uh, what's his face's record next year. Um, he's a Russian. <laughs> well, they're thinking of suspending the Russians, which that's oh, a oh my god, story. okay. Um, Alex Ovechkin is making ten million dollars this year, so there's not that much of a difference. I mean, a less of a difference between the haves and the haves nots. Yeah, and how many how many how many players are on a forgive me I don't know this on a on a hockey team at at a game what do they have fifteen people like two lines three lines and a goalie yeah I think so yeah okay so where baseball has what twenty five now or twenty four twenty six twenty six and then forty man up and down rosters so you could say by team you know the the baseball you know but I hear what you're saying I don't like that Scherzer and I like him is he on the Mets now. <laughs> Right. At the, at, yeah, buddy. The the um, day, the $30 beers in Met Stadium. Millionaires <laughs> fighting with billionaires. Yeah, look, there's no luck. Let, let's say one thing about this. Both sides are in it for the money. Both sides are trying to get the best deal they can. There's no good or bad here. I guess they're all just capitalists trying to get the most money they can. Yeah, the owners are making don't make a ton of money. I agree with you. When they sell their... Wow, they make a lot of money. The appreciation of these franchises is insane. Okay, year to year they make money. They don't make tons, um, and the players want to make as much as possible. I get it. I don't blame them. But the reason I tend to side a little more with the owners, not I, I think to. they're both the same ethically. All right, I'm, there's no moral correct right here, but I agree with the owners more because the owners' positions tend to align more with what's best for baseball long term than with the players. Do. That's the only reason I kind of, you know, the owners are actually making more money than we think. They w- they make money in different ways that aren't so obvious. For example, the Mets, right? Every year, the Mets would announce they lost money. All right, wow, we lost money. You know, was so sad. But SNY, their TV network that the Mets also own, made tons of money. So what they basically did is what. Be- probably because of taxes, revenue sharing, whatever, they took money from the franchise and moved it to the network. So it's creative accounting, basically. Yeah, same owners. So they were making money. They weren't losing money. They just made it look like they were losing money while they made money with the TV contract. Well, the Braves opened their books because they're a public company. So so you can kind of get a glimpse at the... And they are definitely making money. They make a lot of money on the $40 parking and... Uh, and we have Ellie back. She landed, touchdown, a little rough landing, but welcome <laughs> back, Ellie. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. God right. for parachutes. So-, <laughs> so what is your favorite airport to land in? What's your favorite airport to fly into? Oh, that's tough. I mean, you know, uh, like uh, 
Washington, Reagan is a great one to fly into when you get that uh, river visual coming south. Oh, um, nice. that, that's a really fun one. That is east so, of the Mississippi. Though. You ever, ever, ever have any close calls or everything pretty smooth? No, everything everything has gone pretty smooth. I don't have a lot of horror stories. So. Well, you drink a lot of wine spritzers before you take off? Like, How many wine spritzers do you usually drink? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> that would be highly illegal. Man, do you have but, metrics that show where the most popular points in the world and or country are that listen to the podcast? Yes, I do. And it's not the Upper East Side, I'll tell you that. One. Well, no, I'm just thinking we should do like the musicians do, like when they're in Philadelphia. You know, they they say to the crowd, hey, where's "It's your great to be now? in Philadelphia." Philadelphia. <laughs> we, you know, uh, since so really, Ellie, that's where Ellie, since Ellie joined, we, so we do have an audience. We do have an audience in Alaska since Ellie joined, and we've got some international. We've got people in Australia. We've got people from from Europe. So uh, Ellie, pick not... one of those airports and go. That's my favorite. I w- well, I was going to say this should give us a reason to start live streaming from like Australia. Right. You right, know exactly. We right. Should start recording in Australia. That's right. Like the only logical. I saw your ex-governor. I saw your former governor on the street a couple weeks ago, Sarah Palin, walk right by me. Oh wow! Okay. There for her lawsuit. By the way, Leonardo, you'll like this. While she had COVID, DeGrove had to go test. Yeah. And uh, they said that everybody everybody who comes into contact with her should should go test. Yeah, because the particle traveled like 12 feet in the air, in the 35-degree air, right up your nasal passage, and that was a good enough dose to get you sick, Grove. Come on. COVID's over. So, guys, I just had one more question to wrap things up. We've crossed the 30-minute mark. Uh, is there anything else you guys desperately want to talk about that I've missed? So, again, to, to confirm, there's some kind of baseball lockout going on, right? That's what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ah. think so. Well, right. I hope those guys figure that out. That'd be good. <laughs> well, look, here's here's the deal. So uh, I just kind of want to go around the table and see, you know, this is the prediction time. So um, I don't know, Ellie, what do you think? So will there be a resolution? And if so, uh, how is that going to go down? And what does baseball look like after it's done? Whether it's a week or a month or three months, what does baseball look like after they pull this thing together somehow? Well, the one thing I was going to say earlier um, before my computer crashed out on me was I, I'm going to take a different side and I'm going to side with the players on this one. So I really, I am not as much on the owner side. I, I really see the players validation and demanding more. Um, but as far as what this looks like for baseball, I see them coming to terms maybe in a week or so, and there might be a shortened season. Nobody wants the season to be canceled. Nobody wants to see significant revenue loss from, you know, union disagreement. I mean, I think baseball is still trying to recover. All sports are trying to recover from, you know, canceled seasons and reduced revenue in 2021. And everybody's just still trying to catch up. So I don't think anybody wants to see, um, you know, a shortened or, or canceled. No, season. that's the really um, it good might point. be shortened by a few games. Yeah, but there, for, there's just on it. There's too yeah. much money to be made. There's way too much money to be made for them to really all stick their feet in the sand, you know, or stick their heels in the sand on all sides. David, what do you think, bro? Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, they will strike a deal. Mark oh, it down now. Oh, okay. Shit, 
I okay. got nervous. I thought you said this Wednesday they're going to strike, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> there will be a deal on Wednesday. They may start either on time or maybe a few days later. And if they, if they miss a few games, they'll find a way to make it up, and they'll find a way to keep the 162-game season that is part of baseball. They have to keep that. Cannot have a shortened season. Why Wednesday in particular? What's the magic on Wednesday? The magic is it's just in my brain. Okay. Brain okay. Yeah, is, yeah. Is is this some sort of like bet? Are we going to do over under? Monday's a deadline. No one's no. going to listen to that deadline. Yeah. And a couple of days later, you're still kind of close enough to the deadline that people get what they want. Rob, oh, wait, that, that's the number in my brain. Isn't that what Ted Kaczynski used to say? Wasn't that his go-to line? <laughs> that <was> the... <laughs> yeah. Um, I... No, no. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, right? Right, yes. Well, okay. Um, I agree with Degrove. Maybe not necessarily that specific day, but these guys, in addition to being greedy, they're also very smart, and they are greedy. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to kill the golden – what's the expression? The golden cow? The golden calf? Something like that? Golden calf. The sacred calf. calf? Yeah. Um, so they know it's in their best interest to get back to it and quickly. Uh, I believe the season will be delayed. As someone who already has their Mets tickets purchased – uh, and uh, candidly, it could be freezing in New York then, eh, pushing it back a, a week or so. Probably not the worst thing. Gives me a better shot at it being warmer. Uh, Degrove has a consecutive home opener record going that has an asterisk next to it thanks to COVID. Um, which is over. Which is over. <laughs> I, I, I've heard other people say that. So what if we lose yeah, April? No, no. It, it, it's, it's over. It's... If you look it up online, I believe it's over. Not according to the CDC, but the LEN. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be soon. I, I think these guys are too smart. I think uh, the, you know the interesting thing is, and I'll end on this. I'd read, and it's an interesting point, and Ellie, maybe you could even you know this this resonates with you. The current players were too young. They weren't either. weren't Some of them weren't even born. Uh, when the last strike took place, so they don't know the impact that it had, the devastation that it took on the game and Good the point. Base. Um, Good point. The, the, the owners are aware. Some of them have cycled out, though. So, um, But I think everybody's aware that this is how they make their money. There's a finite period with which to do it. Get back on the field, cut the nonsense. Uh, millionaires, billionaires. It doesn't play well no matter who the PR firm is. Ellie, were you raising your hand? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I do. I do think that like people of my generation were not even if we were alive, you know, we were not really paying attention to baseball back in 94. But, you know, I I think this is just one of those very similar situations where it's the people at the top, you know, the pitchers making over 40 million dollars a year. Those are the ones that are leaving a bad taste in everybody's mouth because we immediately think, oh, my God, you don't need that much money. But really, I think what we need to do as fans is focus on the player group as a whole and, you know, try to increase their quality of life and their pay. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, for what Leonardo said, wouldn't it be a funny plot twist if COVID was over, but we found out that masks were an appropriate nuclear defense? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, normally I think um, if you've ever dated, you know, and you've your partner broke up with you and then – they want to come back and you've kind of semi moved on or you've realized you don't need them as much. Sometimes you'll take them back, but you'll say, okay, now it's on my terms. Like we're going to go to the movies that I want and we're going to go see my, fo-, you know, that, t- and I think 
the owners have to win this time because they've lost the last two or three times, and they've been embarrassed. And I think that having a strong financial uh, foundation for the medium and smaller market teams will lead to the younger players maybe being treated more fairly, equitably, financially, maybe even in the minor leagues. But the, I think the owners learned lessons. They were disgraced in the last two CBAs. And I think now they say, I think they're willing to say, you know what? We can get these guys play, you know, making four or 500,000. They'll be, uh, what do you call those, not walkout players, but the people, replacement players. Uh, they'll play. And if Scherzer doesn't play, who gives a darn? I don't have to pay his salary. But I think the owners need to come out on top. And they're willing to go to Matt, the mat on this they are. one? They are. Because okay. the future of the game, right? So, um, Ellie, uh, fill in the blank. I'm going to say a word. I'm going to say a phrase. I want you to say the last word if you know it. Hot dogs, <laughs> baseball, apple pie, and? Cracker Jacks. Wrong. Rob Houtman, baseball, Chevrolet. Okay. So, baseball used to be part of the vernacular, the thread of the United States in the 80s, 90s, 70s, right? Now it's number three, and I think it's up to the the players. Are certainly not going to make sure that its number grows. It's the owners, and 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 I think that's why the owners, you know, part of the reason. But the fact that we we got to get these teams. The Pirates need to compete for a freaking pennant one of these days, and it's not adding twenty five more teams to the playoffs, right? If you live in Pittsburgh, you deserve to have your team be able to compete somehow, some way, some shape or form. And, you know, God bless the Tampa Bay Rays. They find a way to do it. But everybody else, I think we need a level playing field for the teams. And I think because of that, the owners need to come out on top. All right. Well, there we go. Final words. And thank you very much, Mets Mob, for joining us. Ellie, thank you for for jumping in with these crazy dudes. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Mets Mob! Woo! Well, it's time to wrap up negotiations on this episode, folks. Ellie and I want to thank the members of the Mets Mob, New York super lawyer David Grover, Rob from the Upper East Side, and Leonardo from Manhattan for joining us on the pod today and their great insights and also for their great performances in the scripted portions. Now, the negotiations between the MLB owners and players are evolving on a daily basis, We'll do our best to keep you informed, listeners, as breaking news occurs. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you! You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. We hope all our listeners are looking forward to the beginning of a COVID-free spring, whether or not that includes baseball. We'll see you next time on Scandal Sheets.